0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good
1: morning, gardeners. Uh, Starting out with a decent Sunday morning. Temperatures are, I guess you would say, bearable at the moment. Um, 79 degrees, sunny, a light breeze run out there and get stuff done because within just a couple of hours, it's going to be a hundred degrees or more. This heat wave is not backing off. And, you know, they, they talk about the possibility, the possibility the thirty percent chance of rain on Tuesday. Now, get this: even if we get the rain, it's still going to be over a hundred degrees Tuesday. We're getting, you know, jacuzzi water for rain, not anything that will be cooling. There is, there is nothing. Okay, there is nothing. <clears throat> That is some, that has to be done in the garden that is that critical. Nothing. This is not a time to fertilize. And those of you who just can't put the pruners down, there's really not a need to be pruning things now either. Doesn't look the way you want, it's not going to. Look at the weather that we have been dealing with. I am giving you all permission to kick your feet up and relax today. You do not have to be out there in the garden. Now, we're running short of water, and we're not getting rain, so when you go out, make sure that you're watering correctly, right? Long, slow water, no runoff, that's wasting water, and water the things that you really need to water. Forget your turf grass. Um, Yeah, just, it's going to look terrible on you. Some of the grass should come back once we get some rain. It may not. All right. We are past the point of no return in some of our plants. They're like, okay, I can't do it. I quit. There's not much you can do about it. Now they're talking that we may actually have a bunch of tropical depressions heading into the Gulf of Mexico some of them, they're far enough out and they're developing some power to them, may be turning into hurricanes. But we have no guarantee of that. We don't know if we'll get any rain. And this heat dome that's been sitting over us is pushing everything away. It is really fighting to keep that wet weather away from us. Now we can hope and we can be prepared. Those of you with uh, rainwater collection systems, clean out those drums. Be ready. Speaking of rainwater collection, there's something you need to consider. If you are going to put in barrels, whether they are the 55-gallon barrels or the multi-thousand-gallon barrels. They need to be dark. They should not be that whitish translucent color unless you're planning on painting them. The reason for that is as rain falls from the sky, it picks up the various Funguses and algaes and all kinds of things like that that are in the air. So they get wrapped up in the water. The water falls into your tank and a tank that allows light to show through it. It doesn't have to be a crystal clear tank. It just has to have some light energy visible on the inside. That is going to make the algae bloom. That means you're going to have green stuff growing in your tank. And it's going to be pretty heavy duty. So you want dark colored containers. The blue barrels, everybody winds up getting for the 55 gallon rainwater drums. Those are perfect. They won't, they won't let sunlight into them. So it's going to reduce the chance of producing algae in there. Now, there still will be some. That's okay. But it won't be anywhere near as bad as if it were a translucent tank that allows light to come through you can still manage these kind of tanks. You can look up, um, how much bleach. I said bleach you can add to the number of gallons that are in the tank and still have the water be safe for, um, use in your garden. If you, um, Prepare for a hurricane, bad weather, things like that. Those five-gallon water jugs, the carboy style, if you fill it with tap water, you can put in a certain amount of bleach in that water. It is an incredibly small amount. Once you get that in there, It'll help keep the water clean. So you can do that to your rain barrels too, but you really want to do your homework. You don't want to just toss a gallon of bleach in there. It'll depend on the amount of water you have as to how much you would put in there. It will keep your tanks clean. It will keep uh, the algae down. It'll keep the water fresh and it'll keep it safe. No nasty smell from the water tanks. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break, I'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, welcome back everybody. Um, got the classic question. I've got to treat my grubs. Ah, uh, well, hang on. In a cubic foot of soil, 12 inch by 12 inch by 12 inches deep. If you can dig that deep, not everybody can. If you can dig that deep you should find less than five grubs. Five or less is normal for nature. That's the normal environment you would find. And worse is where you get lawn care specialists come by and they point to an area of the ground that's brown and say, you got grubs. Really? Show me one. Show me one. They can dig up and find in the soil a bunch of grubs. Hey, guess what? If they find that more than five grubs per cubic foot, yeah, you have a grub problem. But don't let them go, oh, I'm pointing over this brown area in your yard. That's from grubs. Really, do they have x-ray vision? It is such a poor, poor practice to simply go, oh, that's caused by grubs. Because the recommended products, a lot of them will use, uh, are terrible. They're really terrible. In this weather, um, it would be very difficult to apply beneficial nematodes because they must have moisture in the soil. So they're off the list at the moment. But the thing is, first off, grubs are not the number one cause of brown turf. You'd be lucky to find it in the top 10 because we have so many turf diseases. We have over 100-degree weather for 60 days. We haven't had a drop of rain in forever. You're lucky your entire turf isn't brown. Grubs are not the number one cause of a bad turf grass. They're not even the number five cause. And when someone says you have grubs, politely ask them, show me. Because you can dig in the soil without destroying the turf. And you will be able to, if you actually have a grub problem, easily find them, easily find them in the turf, in the roots, if that's what's causing the problem. Now, when our weather cools off, when we get some rain, and unfortunately, it's going to be feast or famine when it comes to rain, we may be... Several weeks away yet, before we get any real quantity of rain, once the soil starts to rehydrate, we start getting the rain, the soil, the moisture starts getting deeper, the temperatures start cooling off, that is when you would apply beneficial nematodes. They, there's no side effects, there's no damage, there's no risk with the beneficial nematodes. The grub products are nasty. They're dangerous for your pets. So first off, make sure you actually have grubs. If in the top six inches of soil, in a square foot, 12 by 12 by 12, you have 12 by 12. Yeah, 12 by 12. Sorry. Um. If you find more than five grubs, you have a grub problem. If you find less than five grubs, it's nature. That's the normal balance. You hate grubs. I get it. But grubs provide a benefit. They dig down into the soil and loosen that soil which allows room for oxygen and water and nutrients to get there. If you have too many, they can, in fact, chew on the roots. But you shouldn't have to go any deeper than about six inches, if you can dig six inches, to figure out, okay, I have a grub problem. So, rule number one, when someone says, look at that spot over there, you have grubs, say, show me a grub. Make them dig it up. Otherwise, I I don't know anybody with x-ray vision. How do they see those grubs? How do they know it's a grub? We have so many turf diseases. We have such horrendous. Growing conditions right now. It could be a bunch of other problems that aren't related to the grubs. Right now, I would bet most of it is more likely to be uh, more likely to be diseases. It's it's terrible that there are so many bad things for our turf grasses. Grubs should be at the bottom of your list. It's simple to find out if you have grubs. It's simple to find them. But, check that first. Don't let somebody just randomly say, Hey, you got grubs. It doesn't take that much and you don't destroy your turf. If you carefully take a garden trowel, you cut into the turf, cut a little bit underneath it and pull the grass back. You should quickly be able to find out if you have a grub problem. Remember, In a 12-by-12 area, five grubs is normal. You got more than five, yep, you should probably look at treating them. But you can't treat them right now. We need moisture in the soil so that the things like the beneficial nematodes, which are very effective, can move through the soil, can hunt down the grubs can get inside the grub and basically we're going to recreate the movie alien in the soil. They're going to get inside the grub. They're going to multiply like crazy and they're going to burst out of the grub and then go look for the next one. For, the, for those of you who aren't aware, not only do the nematodes affect grubs, They do the same thing to fire ants. So you can kill two birds with one stone. The grubs, they'll be gone. The fire ants, they will attack all of the new larvae from the fire ants, and you won't have anybody to take care of the queen. She will starve, and that will get rid of your fire ant mound. It is so frustrating. We, I get so many questions. How do I treat all my grubs? I said, how many grubs you got? Well, I don't know. Someone told me. Do your own work. It'll take you 10 minutes. Early in the morning, go out there, cut a little piece of turf six inches by six inches and peel it back and start looking to see how many grubs you have in there. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to break for the news. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Um, sorry, got a little carried away in the argument about grubs. Um, it's just frustrating. It is not particularly difficult to address many of the things that are common in our landscapes. You want your turf to look good, trees to be big and healthy, flowers to be blooming. There's no secret formula. There's no particular spell you have to cast to make everything look great. There are just some real basic things. There are a lot of diseases. We know about oak wilt, right? We know about um, black spot on roses. We know about take all root rot. We have all of these diseases that affect the plants in our landscape but almost all of them we know how to address them and it doesn't require well let's head down and get a bottle of xyz and dump it on the ground read the label on some of these products they will tell you hey keep your pets away wait a minute my pet is more important than your product so what is an alternative way to do it? That's that's what we try to do here. We're not anti-chemicals. We're not anti-conventional. We're just giving you options that are less intense, that have less risks to you, your kids, the pets, the planet, and that are just as effective. The problem becomes identifying the problem. We don't blindly go, let's try this. Or as what, what started this was someone say, their yard guy found a big brown spot in their yard and said it's grubs. No, that's not how we do things. That's not how you get things working and looking good in your property. Grubs are natural. Too many grubs are a problem. That means you really got to take a minute and figure out how many grubs have you got. And it's easy to do. Like I said, get yourself a hand trowel. You can use a shovel, but cut yourself a six inch or 12 inch square through your sod and work your way so that you are underneath the roots of that piece of sod. Lift it up, flip it over, start counting. More than five grubs per square foot. You got a problem. You need to treat it. And like everything else in the garden in this weather, you don't do it now. You are not going to lose your turf if you wait a little while to when the effective product can be used. The soil is too dry right now for beneficial nematodes. You couldn't provide enough water to keep them alive and healthy. So when we get rain, if we get rain, when the temperatures calm down, That's when we would apply those and they will tackle the grubs for you. What about if it's not grubs and you got this big, bad area looking in your yard? Let's go through the basics list. You've been able to water it. Has it gotten an inch or more of water per week when you run your sprinklers? When you use a a, a handheld water when you use the soaker hoses, did you get an inch worth of water, at least an inch on your turf? If you didn't, well, right there, the turf's gonna be hurting. Yes, I know, a lot of you have water restrictions. I know there are places that say, No outdoor watering, period. Sorry, unless you have an alternate source of water, your turf's going to take a beating and it's going to look brown. But if you are getting it the water it needs, you don't need to take and go, oh, it's all brown, I need to fertilize it. No, 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 no in this kind of heat the plant is not striving for more food actually it's trying to shut down and uh de-stress you're not you're not really helping by fertilizing it it may need fertilizer later when it starts to get to be more pleasant weather with a little bit of rain and the turf needs to come back, that might be a good time to fertilize in the early fall. That'll help the turf replace the roots that may have been lost. Maybe put on another growth up top so that you've got green before it turns into fall. but there's nothing to apply right now. Nothing. You don't want to look Brown. Sorry. It's going to look Brown. It's a hundred degrees and has been for 60 consecutive days with no rain. We just have to accept that if you can provide water, congratulations, you may help, You may help uh, the turf make it through this weather, but it's not worth the trouble, folks. Wait till the weather breaks. Wait till we get rain. Wait till it cools off. You don't have to be out there, and you're not going to get the grass to turn green. No matter what you provide for it, you're not going to get the grass to turn green. This weather is terrible. That's trying to be nice is how I say it. But but there's not a lot else you can do about it. You just have to deal with it. So patience, frustration, disappointment, all of those things are piling on because of this weather. I've had enough of the weather and I'm not complaining because of how my turf looks, I'm complaining because it's just too hot. There's no rain. I, I, I won't go outside in this weather. I get it. You've worked hard to produce beautiful landscape, make your house look good, the bloom of the flowers, et cetera, et cetera. But things are out of your control now. The number one thing is, is if you can provide water. The number one thing is right now is if you don't have rainwater tanks, don't you see the importance of them now? That should be the key. And you can get them installed. You there, you could do it yourself, but you can get them installed before the rain comes. And that'll help mitigate this problem for you. When it gets to be we don't have rain, you will. You will have it stored in rainwater tanks, and you can put it to use. And, you know, the rainwater tanks come in all kinds of designs. You can paint them. They look like big tanks or they look like the old-style radiator you would have inside your home. Much bigger, of course. They come in sizes from the 55-gallon drum to 5,000-gallon tanks. In terms of cost you know that there is no tax, no Texas tax on rainwater equipment. They passed that years ago where they dropped the tax on rainwater collection equipment to encourage people to do so. If out of experience, when I was uh, pricing out tanks for our community garden, I found that 2,500 gallon tanks, were roughly the break-even point when it came to cost per gallon saved. Now, that may have changed a little, but that gives you an idea. Above 2,500 gallons, which is a lot of water, you're, you're not getting the best benefit uh, in terms of how much it's costing to store it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, got a very, very good question. What is the rules on gray water? Gray water is water that's been used once, but it's not sanitary water, as in it's not from the toilet. So, dish water, um, shower water, things like that. Now, in some parts of the country, they actually plumb your home so that you can turn a valve and dishwater will rinse out to the yard, to uh, ponds, to places that need water. And when you're doing something where the water, you don't want that out there, you turn the, va- the valve back and it goes into your normal wastewater drain. This, when I last tried to look it up, the state of Texas kept getting closer and closer to regulations on it. And at the last minute, it wouldn't get passed. So I don't know what the current standings are. But gray water, there is a. I know in Round Rock, there's a couple of places where you will find purple pipes. Those are um, recycled water. I don't know if you'd call them gray water, but they are um, water that otherwise would not be drinkable and would just basically be flushed down the drain. But, there, uh, but gray water is another way to try to get an extra cycle out of your water. I mean, you use some water for a purpose. But the thing is, is when it's done doing what it was intended to do for you, you may have water left over. Now, it may have soap in it. It may have food scraps if you were washing dishes, that is gray water and you can still use it. There are some really great uh, documents out there that have ideas for using gray water, collecting it, and using it as another source of water. I do not, do not, I am not claiming to, I do not know what the actual Uh, I do not know what the actual laws are in Texas. I know that what they call black water, water from the toilet, water from washing diapers, that is not allowed to be used. But I used to have the drain for my washing machine I had no diapers to wash. The drain from my washing machine would go outside through a hole in the garage, down a hose, and would get spread out over a tree. And that tree was beautiful, and it grew great. And it was a food-producing tree. It was my figs. I had no problem eating them. That was one way to not waste water. And I thought it worked pretty good. I moved my laundry setup so I no longer have a way to recover that water. It was a terrible trade off. So you need to do you need to do your research before you invest too much in setting up a grey water system look up the work of Brad Lancaster. Brad gave uh, presentations out here to um, AMD, to some of the tech companies for ways to preserve water. He has some, it's an easy read book. It's full of great ideas. And he does this in the Tucson area, which is, unbelievably hot and dry and his property looks like he's actually in southern california under beautiful green grass and trees and things like that because he is able to recover that water i really suggest if you are going to do gray water you do one of two things don't tell anybody or really truly bug someone to find out what the administrative code is on gray water. It's a good idea to try to collect that rainwater. I'm looking at a rose outside of my window that's doing wonderfully. Part of the reason for that is it is planted near the water drain for my uh, AC unit, you know, the condensation that falls off of the condenser coils when it's chilling your home, if the humidity is high, you can get quite a bit of water. And I had mentioned there was a concern that Legionnaires' disease was discovered in this kind of water. Come to find out that's not quite correct. Legionnaires' disease was designed, was found, excuse me, in a cooling system in which the water and the coolant and the air all combine together. In your home, the water that comes off your AC unit never gets into the coolant system. So that risk is very, very low. It's just condensation. Like if uh, you had a glass iced tea sitting out on a table outside and you watch the water condense on it. There's a lot of water that can be captured from that system. The more humid it is, the more water you'll get. So that is always an option to use. Either plant in the area so you don't have to move anything. Or figure out a way to connect to that pipe that comes out of your home. And uh, unfortunately, I had a builder tell me that they do not do that if they can avoid it. They plumb the line directly into your drain system. So you can't even get the water. I think that's a loss. But in an older home, anything in older than five years old, you probably have a drain for your AC that you could collect the water from. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, coming up on top of the hour for the news, I will catch you all on the other side.